This is the Cascade Hiker Podcast. Find us over at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. I'm a country boy with the soft side. My heart wanders up north to the hillside. Now I've never made anyone quite as beautiful as you. I'm your host, Rudy Gets It. I'm here to inspire you to get out on the trail. You putting in two-mile hikes, five-mile hikes? Are you still on the couch? Come on, let's go on a backpacking trip. I'm going to introduce you to some folks that have done that and a whole lot more. All right, next on the Cascade Hiker Podcast, what's your name and where are you from? My name is Anastasia Allison, and I live in Everett, Washington. Right on. Well, uh, you've been on a few times, a couple bonus shows and episodes and everything. And um, how's, how's, your, uh, how's your podcast and group been going? We haven't talked in a while. It is going really well. And what's really cool is that it's sort of evolving really naturally on its own, which I love. And I, you know, the podcast has almost become this really beautiful journal of my own personal story of what I like to call going from stuck to summit. And, and it's really neat to see other people as a result of my experience starting to explore looking, you know, like, what does that look like for them? Because I think it, it looks totally different for everybody. And so I think even just letting people sort of, you know, entertain the idea of if I could create my perfect day, what would that look like? And so it's just, it's been, been really exciting and um, I'm looking forward to seeing where it continues to grow. All right. Yeah. Well, I've been listening to the show and it has really been uh, fun to listen because man, it, it makes me think about myself. It, it is a good reflection for a listener. And um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I asked you the question, not because I haven't been listening, but just kind of to see what it is through your eyes. So. Well, yeah. And I think, the, the one thing that I, you know, in the last episode that I recorded, I got pretty emotional and pretty vulnerable because it's actually, it's hard to believe this, but it's been a year since I left my job as a police officer. And that, you know, reflecting on that, I think in the moment we tend to think, oh, I'm not making enough progress or I'm not working hard enough. But this week, I, you know, I launched my first product. I went to outdoor retailer in Denver with Backpacker Magazine. And then Merrill Shoes actually released a video that the Musical Mountaineers did in conjunction with Merrill and Backpacker. And so to think that a year ago this week, I was still, you know, I was driving around in a police car wearing a bulletproof vest and it was my last week on the job. And to reflect on, on what this journey has been, it's really remarkable. And the thing that I want people to take away from my story is that anything is possible, including for them. So I don't want anybody to look at me and say, oh, well, Anastasia plays the violin. So she has these special talents and I don't have them. Therefore, I can't also create this incredible life for myself. And I don't want that to be my message. I want my message to be hey, Anastasia was a night shift working police officer who decided that she wanted to go for it and create this adventure inspired life. And she did it. And that means I can too. And so I really hope that my story 
is an inspiration to people, not an intimidation to people. So that's really why I like to get emotional and vulnerable on the podcast. So it's real and people understand that I'm coming from a very real place of understanding what it's like to not have fulfillment in life. Yeah, that's good. And a lot of times too, I think uh, there could be different levels to that. And it, like from, from the listener, um, because you're telling your story, uh, the listener can take from that pieces or whole the whole thing or whatever and, and apply it to where, whatever's going on in their life. And that's what's cool about it because I'm sitting there listening and I'm like, uh, just just hearing you say Stuck to Summit uh, just a couple minutes ago here on the podcast, it just it, it just brought me right back to your episodes. And um, and that's cool because I, I like that. It's an inspirational uh, saying and I, and I like that you're kind of building something around that. Yeah, it's, it's been pretty cool. I'm actually, I'm teaching a group coaching course right now and I have about 10 students in it and it's pretty remarkable to watch them all start to go through this process. And the thing that excites me the most about it is that it's duplicatable. It, that which means that, you know, all of my students, they're all so different from each other, but they're all starting to discover this, you know, these hidden gems in their heart, and they're starting to pursue things that feel really authentic and exciting to them. And so watching them go from a place where we started this class five weeks ago, and now I'm getting these messages from the students sort of jokingly asking me what I've done to them, because all of a sudden, they're starting yeah. to see you know, like see things start to unfold and these opportunities that they might've been right in front of them the whole time, but just, you know, with a little bit of mindset work, we start to see them. And um, so, yeah, it's just really neat that the, you know, the podcast has evolved into a, into a class and uh, it just sort of continues to grow. And I'm, I'm the type of person who doesn't like to force things. I, I like to allow things to sort of unfold and feel really natural and organic as opposed to uh, trying to, you know, cram myself into a box where I don't fit essentially. And, and I think that's what I've been, what I've been doing. And it's just, it keeps it fun for me. I, it never feels like work. It's just, <laughs> it's just fun. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, uh, so I don't want to get too far into this without talking about your new product. So, uh, the, the Kula cloth, is that, is that how it's pronounced, right? It is. So the Kula cloth, and uh, I'm, I'm really, really excited about this. And do you want me to just go ahead and explain yeah, what it is yeah, and because, how it came to be? Yeah, yeah it's something that uh, it, it's a little bit out of my area. And so I'm, I want you to explain it so that maybe <laughs> I might have some questions beyond there. Okay, awesome. Well, I, so how this all started is that about three years ago, I was on a backpacking trip in the Alpine Lakes wilderness. And I was at a pretty well known spot called Robin Lakes. And I was enjoying this incredible sunset, looking out over this beautiful lake. And I, I walked around a larch tree and just came across this massive pile of used discarded toilet paper. And frankly, it was sort of disgusting. And I remember thinking, wow, there has to be a better way. And there has to be a way to promote leave no trace more or, you know, what could I do to reduce my impact? And I'm the type of person where I'm pretty hardcore about leave no trace. I don't even bury toilet paper. I pack everything out. So I bring 
a trash bag and, you know, in my toilet paper kit and any used toilet paper, I carry it out of the wilderness because I truly believe in leaving as little impact as possible. And I got home from that trip and I started researching different toilet paper options that perhaps had less of an impact. And I came across this concept for women of using a pea cloth, or some women will call it a pea dana. And the basic concept is that instead of packing in a bunch of toilet paper, you could use a bandana or a piece of fabric essentially to sort of wipe off any residual moisture so that you aren't having to haul in you know, all this extra toilet paper and or the other method of for women after they pee in the wilderness would be to sort of shake off or drip dry, which actually not to get TMI, but it can set you up for a greater chance of a bacterial infection. And, you know, hygiene is very important, not only at home, but I would say especially in the wilderness, because if you're out there for a couple of weeks at a time, getting something like a bacterial infection or a urinary tract infection, it can actually be pretty dangerous for a woman. And so I, I remember thinking, okay, a pea cloth, this sounds super weird, but I'm going to try it because I was a backpacking instructor for Washington Outdoor Women. In fact, I still am. And I thought I would be doing my students a disservice if I didn't at least try this. And so I didn't like the idea of a bandana. And so I bought this scrap of microfiber. It's just a blue piece of fabric. And so I attached it to my backpack and I started using it as a pea cloth. And it was a total game changer. It not only was I now not having to haul all this toilet paper into the wilderness, but I just felt better and cleaner. And it, I mean, it just made the whole experience of being in the wilderness and thinking about hygiene so much easier for me. And so I started recommending to all of my backpacking students that you should definitely try using a pea cloth. And it's just sort of this life-changing thing for women. And I was on a trip to the Wind River Range. My husband and I actually did the Wind River High Route. And to be funny, and this is where the story gets kind of silly, <laughs> but to be funny, I took, I, I took a picture of the pea cloth on actually hooked onto my trekking pole in this beautiful location. And it was just meant to be silly to send to one of my friends like, hey, here's my pea cloth in the Wind River Range. And as I took that photograph, I remember this thought just bubbling into my mind. And I thought, wow, I wish that looked cooler. I wish it looked like a piece of gear that was designed for women. And this idea just kept sort of nagging at me. And finally, I started researching different fabrics. I have no experience in the textile industry. As you know, I'm a former park ranger and police officer. I have never sewed, had never sewed in my life. <laughs> uh, I, I knew nothing. And all of a sudden, I found myself contacting these fabric mills and getting really interested in different applications of fabrics and trying to find a mill that would custom print fabric for me. And then I 
started trying to think of the design and what I would want this to be. Like what would be the ultimate next level PCOS for women that would feel like a real intentional piece of gear. And not only would it be something that women who already use a PCOS would like to use probably more than their bandana, but it would also be something that might be more appealing to the women who don't necessarily like the idea of a PCOS because the more women that we have using a product like this, the more people we have thinking about leave no trace. And then the more toilet paper we have not making it into a wilderness setting. Um, and so I just started, you know, coming up with ideas. I talked to a friend who has experience with sewing and I sort of explained to her what I wanted to to make. And she loaned me a sewing machine and mm. she showed me how to sew a straight line. And uh, my very first attempt at sewing a pea cloth looked sort of like an amoeba, I would have to say. It was, it was definitely not square. It was more of a shape. And I, I can't quite describe what shape it is because I was so bad at sewing that I couldn't even sew a square. <laughs> but I just, kept, I just kept going. And uh, so now, you know, I, I just started testing different fabrics, seeing what worked. Once I got to a certain point, I started making prototypes and giving them to women to test. And so I actually have an incredible group of about 30 women who, from the very beginning, have supported this project and the mission of creating this. And they have been testing this since the very beginning. I have obsessed over every tiny little detail on this cloth because I really wanted it to feel intentional and I wanted it to feel like I wanted it to be something that a woman would feel proud to put on her pack and not be ashamed of it or not have it look like just sort of this afterthought scrap of fabric that's on her cloth. You know, we think about think about the the amount of thought that goes into backpacks or gaiters or pants or coats or shells or tents and you know, we aren't that piece of gear isn't coming in contact with a part of our body in a way that a pea cloth is. And yet this, this, you know, this item, a pea cloth, which has a pretty big impact on our hygiene, which is really important in the wilderness. We're just using sort of these afterthought pieces of fabric. And, and so I just thought, you know, why couldn't I make something better? And, and I really think I have. And, and so that is, and according to all my testers, I have. So it's not just me thinking, <laughs> it's not just me thinking that I have. But uh, so the final product is basically, it's a, it's a two layer cloth. And so one side of the cloth is actually waterproof. And so when you, you, you would essentially you'd pee and you would use the absorbent side of the cloth to, really just sort of absorb any residual moisture that could cause some discomfort or sort of an unhealthy environment later in your day. Um, the absorbent side of the cloth is actually infused with silver, so it's antimicrobial. And then, of course, there's the, the clean side of the cloth, which is waterproof. So nothing's going to seep, seep through onto your hands at all. So it's going to keep you a lot 
cleaner in the process. And that antibacterial silver is going to also be a lot cleaner, more hygienic, and then also very odor resistant, which is something that was really important to the women who tested this. Antibacterial was probably the number one thing that people really wanted with this cloth. Um, the other thing that I have done with it is I've added a snap so that you could snap it to your backpack. It's much easier to have the snap on the cloth as opposed to having to unsnap your backpack. So the snap is actually on the cloth itself. You could just snap it to and from your backpack. And then I added in some reflective detail because I wanted one of the things that I've done before is I'll hang it on a tree at night when I go to bed just to sort of let it dry and I always, you know, you wake up at two or three in the morning and you're looking for your Kula cloth and you can't find it. Well, now if you've got a headlamp on, there's some reflective detail. So people actually be able to find it at night. And I thought that was really important to me. And then the other thing that I sort of added into this cloth was the option of a double snap. And what that does is it allows you to actually snap the cloth in half so that that absorbent side isn't touching your pack. And that was something that some of the women who tend to be maybe a little bit more squeamish about the idea of using a pea cloth, they don't want this dirty side, so to speak, hitting their pack. Um, and so having this double snap allows you to really just contain everything into a waterproof, um, you know, sort of a fold. And so Obviously, the whole thing, I, I like to say that it has been obsessively engineered, and that's mm. actually probably an under, probably an understatement. <laughs> I think I've lost sleep over the cloth. <laughs> Take a quick break from the show here to talk about Lux Hiking Gear. That's L-U-X-E-Hiking-Gear.com. You know, you could choose from all over the place, one to two person tents, three to four person tents. Uh, what I wanted to talk about was kind of their uh, back uh, backyard or campsite, uh, you know, car camping or uh, hunting style uh, tents. I've got some bigger ones. I mean, there's uh, four person, there's all the way up to six person uh, tents here, but they also have some that are set up for, um, you know, having a stove in them. I mean, and, and, and he actually sells the stoves uh, from the site there, uh, these wood stoves. Uh, stove jack it's called anyway uh that's a cool thing i mean if, if you're an outdoor hiker and you like cottage brand uh tents uh, this isn't something obviously you're going to carry on your back but man what a cool thing to offer uh, you know he also has of course hiking tents and stuff but uh but man if you're if you're going camping and you uh, <laughs> it's going to be like in the winter and stuff or, or just a cold i mean we got some cold days over here at least in washington and uh Anyway, you can uh, add a little wood stove to it, which I don't see often uh, as an option. But go over to luxe-hiking-gear.com and check them out. Um, but, you know, it's just been a labor of love for me. And now I'm at the point where I'm seeing, I'm getting sent photos almost on a daily basis of women actually using this product out in the wilderness and a couple of days ago, I got a letter, a completely unexpected letter from a woman who said that the product actually changed her life and that she has struggled feeling really good on hikes and that this was the first time she felt really good and really clean. And I think 
hygiene is something that it's an easy topic for us to not talk about because it might make people uncomfortable a little bit to talk about. But I think that the more we talk about it and the more open we are about it, then not only is it helping people's health, but it also opens up this much broader discussion of leave no trace. And that, that really excites me as well, because obviously my big vision is to have, have an impact on the environment in a really positive way. So, so that's the long story behind the cool o'clock. And, <laughs> and one other quick point, one other quick point, because I don't want to miss it, but the name and people might be wondering, why do you call it the cool o'clock? The uh, the word Kula, so there's a mountain in Bhutan called Kula Kangri, which is the tallest mountain in Bhutan. And that I went on a trek in Bhutan in 2011, and it's a really special place to me. And I think the process of creating a product and launching a product has really felt like climbing a mountain for me. And so I think having that symbolism was really important. And the other thing is that Kula in Sanskrit actually means community. And I think that, you know, my, one of my missions is really to serve this, not only the outdoor community as a whole, but specifically the outdoor community of women, which obviously I'm a part of and very proud to be a part of. And so I love the idea that, that the name incorporates that word because I think that the outdoor community of women is just such a positive and supportive group. And maybe this is just my little piece to that. And, but I think, you know, we can all contribute a little piece to that and, and make it something better. So, so that's yeah. my class. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, so one thing that uh, I, I've had the discussion with my wife who doesn't hike uh, on a regular basis, mm -hmm. you know, going out with my daughters all the time. And, uh, we've only done some short backpacking trips, but we're planning on this big backpacking trip. And I've been thinking about a way to approach my wife saying, look, maybe we should look into doing this bandana situation. And, um, when you launched the Kula cloth, it was almost like this big, huge spotlight. Uh, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to show this to my wife. And, and at first she was like, no, we're not, you're not going to do that. You, you know, you, you have to, you know, make sure to use something that's sanitary and stuff. And, and she ended up looking at your website, which is awesome. The, uh, some great photos and information on there. Um, and, and what you have, uh, that I, that she really liked was your FAQ section. And, uh, and she really kind of dove into that and, and just, it, it helps because she, you know, you got to figure there's got to be some other people out there like me who I'm taking my nine-year-old and five-year-old daughters into the woods and I don't know how to handle this situation. And my wife doesn't because she's not an outdoor person. Does that make sense? It, it does totally. And so I tried to be really thorough with the frequently asked questions because there are, you know, you don't use a Kula cloth like you would normal toilet paper. And I, you know, people have asked me that since I launched this. Uh, you know, you are not going to be wiping from from front to back. This is definitely for, you know, for pee only. Uh, and and I try to make that very clear on on the website. I also try to make it very clear that, you know, how to how to care for the cloth in a way that it is the, the you know, the, the cleanest possible experience for you. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, with a bandana, you don't know where on that cloth you've used. And so, 
you know, and then you grab that and then you are eating and now there could potentially be some cross contamination. Uh, the nice thing about the Kula cloth is that there's no question as to which side is the absorbent side or which side is the clean side. And so it's much easier to even just have it around uh, where you aren't going to have a question about, okay, where, where should my hand be on this cloth? <laughs> um, secondly, there's also a lot of, you know, you can wash it every single night. What I recommend is just using some biodegradable soap and rinsing it out and letting it dry overnight. And then when you hang it on your pack, exposing it to the sunlight will also help that process of, of sterilization. Um, I mean, I obviously could not make any claims that, oh, if you tested it, there will be nothing on there. <laughs> I mean, you're in a wilderness setting. So obviously you're surrounded by, by bacteria, but the nature of the cloth it is treated with a very special type of silver that will will maintain that antibacterial nature and and not really permit the growth of of anything over a length of time. So you can reuse it numerous times throughout the day. And so for a day hike, for instance, what I recommend and how women use a standard pea cloth that's not antimicrobial is, you know, you're hiking throughout the day. Anytime you have to pee, you use the cloth, you attach it to your backpack. And then if you're just on a day hike, when you get home at night, just throw it in your washing machine, same as you would your hiking clothes. And, you know, if you're on a longer backpacking trip, which maybe you're going to be doing with your daughters, at the end of each evening, maybe just sort of agitating it with a little bit of water and soap and hanging it up to dry. And, and, and that would be it. So it's really easy to, to take care of it and to use it. And I think once people try it, I, I mean, I was the same way. When I first heard of a pea cloth, I thought this is really weird. And this, <laughs> how is, how would this, you know, how would this work? And what I've found is that once women try it, almost every single woman that has never tried it and then tried it, they will all write back to me and say, oh my gosh, how did I not know about this my whole life? It's a game changer for hiking. And, and not only for hiking, but I have women who are actually taking this product to India. I have a woman who's about to climb Mount Kilimanjaro with it. I have women who have gone sailing with it. I have women who have just, you know, keep it in their purse because you never know if you're going to end up at a porta potty that has no toilet paper. Um, and so the uses of it are extremely far reaching. I have jokingly said that my target market is women who pee. And, <laughs> you know, that's funny to say, but it's true because you just, you just don't know when you could need to use this product. I mean, it might be something you have in the car and, and you need it, you know, and you could use it and, and then you aren't leaving toilet paper around. It's just so much less of an impact on the environment to, to have a product like this, as opposed to immediately using a ton of toilet paper or wet wipes or something along those lines. Yeah. Huh. Well, I really like the idea and, um, I can't wait to, 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 to well, I won't be testing it out, but, uh, you know what I mean? Um, I do. I will. 
your daughters are definitely definitely going going to to enjoy it, enjoy using it, and I'm excited to hear how they like it. And I hope that it makes their backpacking experience a lot more enjoyable. And and I hope it, you know, it can be sort of sort of fun. I mean, the idea is that I want these cloths to actually look cool on women's packs. And so the first run of cloths actually has a really beautiful galaxy print on it, sort of like an outer space nebula type of print. But what I'm really excited about is that after this first run of production, I'm doing all custom, all limited edition runs, and I'm going to be featuring a lot of women artists. And so, you know, every single, um, cloth that comes out is going to have a really beautiful design on it and something you know it's not just some stock fabric that I found on the shelf somewhere it's actually going to be something that either I've designed or I've worked with a female artist to design and I'm hoping to incorporate all sorts of aspects of what women love to do in the outdoors so fishing or kayaking or hunting or hiking or backpacking I mean anything that you could think of I want to sort of be able to do do a product that sort of speaks to that particular outdoor women's community and that that really excites me um, I told one of my friends that I will that one of the happiest days for me through this whole process will be when I'm hiking on a trail and I see a woman that I don't know with a Kula cloth attached to her backpack. And I think that would just be the coolest experience to, to have, you know, to know that this product is getting out into the world and making a difference for women is what drives me. And and to see it on the pack of somebody that I don't know, because they heard about it maybe through word of mouth or maybe even this podcast or some other, you know, way of, of hearing about it. And, and that they're now using a product that I designed would be, would be really, really cool for me. Yeah. I can only imagine. I mean, that would be awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about kind of, kind of head back to that discussion. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, skip talking about the Kula cloth, which is amazing. We didn't talk about where you could find it. Sorry. Oh yeah. So you can find it on its website, which is just kulacloth.com. So it's K-U-L-A and then the word cloth, kulacloth.com. And it's available for pre-order right now. So what I'm doing is I'm actually sort of doing my own version of a Kickstarter where I'm taking pre-orders for the product because that's going to give me the ability to purchase textiles at a bulk rate. Um, as a small business startup, as you can imagine, the the more textiles that I buy, the lower the price is on the textiles, which means that I can invest more into the next runs of prints. And so I'm sort of doing my own Kickstarter on this. And I have a production facility lined up. And I'm so as soon as I place my wholesale order based on the pre-sales, I will be sending the fabric into production and they will start shipping. So that is really, really exciting. And it should probably be within the next few weeks. But yeah, folks can go and basically be a part of history by helping me launch the very first ever antimicrobial peacock for adventurous women. So that's very, very exciting for me. 
That's great. Yeah. So uh, it's kulacloth.com. So K U L or K U L A cloth.com. Yep. So yeah, pretty easy to find. Yep. And then you're on social media as well. Yes, I am. Just kulacloth at so, and that's on Instagram as well. So. Hey, a quick little break here to uh, spotlight one of my uh, sponsors. That's Waymark Gear Company, waymarkgearco.com. Um, you know, I'm playing around on the website, and I wanted to say you, he has custom packs that are ready to go. You can order them right now. There's the through 38 42-liter 40 packs. They start at 195. Uh, that's just 16 ounces. These are heavy-duty ultralight backpacks. He also has a 50-liter packs. Uh, they call it the Cadillac of frameless packs. Uh, they're starting at 32 ounces um, from 225 bucks. So, you know, go over there and check that out. There's some add-ons, too, you can do. Uh, the one I got for my daughter's uh, pack is the mesh water bottle, and it just holds right there on the strap of your shoulder strap right in front, and it's nice to just have that water right there handy, ready to go. Um, some hip belt pockets, uh, zippered shoulder pouches. Um, I mean, really, you can do almost anything with these packs, along with, of course, uh, all the different colors you can choose and whatnot. So go over to waymarkgearco.com and, you know, hey, at least just check them out right there. Right on. Um, I, I don't want to leave you without, because I know you've been on the podcast before, but uh, kind of switching gears a little bit. Um, can you talk about some of the things? Because, man, uh, following you on social media is like this, uh, such a fun thing to do. Cause you have so many, uh, so many great things going on. And, um, you know, can you talk a little bit about some of the highlights this summer so far? Because, um, you know, like I know the musical Mountaineers were featured in some things and, uh, can you just talk a little bit about some of the stuff you've done already this year? Yeah. And it's pretty overwhelming, uh, to, to think about it. And the musical Mountaineers, Rose and I started that just so organically. It was just a dream of two women to go play our music in the mountains and to, and then to share that with people. And we never imagined, never in a million years could I have imagined that it would have grown into something so incredible and so beautiful. And what I love about the musical Mountaineers is that the purity with which we approach our wilderness concerts has remained the same. We still hike in at sunrise. It's still just the two of us. We still don't announce our concerts, but because of the incredible audience that we have and the incredible people that have supported us since the very beginning, we are now able to use our music to start doing some really important and exciting things. So last week, we actually performed a, a live concert at Outdoor Research in Seattle. And we did that in conjunction with Nikki Frumpkin, who is an artist um, who on Instagram, she goes by Drawn to High Places. Um, we did that with Nikki Frumpkin and Mitch Pittman, who is a photographer and cinematographer located here in the Northwest. And we raised money for the Washington National Park Fund. And that was incredibly exciting. And uh, we are also going to be performing at Benaroya Hall on October 24th in a benefit concert for the National Parks Fund as well, the Washington National Parks Fund. And that, I still remember when I got the phone call asking us to perform at Benaroya Hall. And it's pretty emotional for me to even talk about it because 
I grew up as a classically trained musician who never felt like I fit into the mold of a standard classically trained musician. And I was, I always loved playing hymns outside. That's what I did. I was a volunteer with the National Park Service and I played hymns outside and I loved it. But everything that I had ever learned about classical music and being a violinist was that that type of violinist would never end up on stage at a big concert hall, especially not as a soloist. And the fact that Rose and I are now going to be soloists or a, you know, a duo on stage at Benaroya Hall while they're playing videos of our musical mountaineering in the background. So we'll be actually doing a live performance while sort of silent images of our, our concerts in national parks are being shown behind us. And to know that we are having a larger impact now on something much greater than us. I think that that's something that Rose and I both feel so strongly about is that we are these two women who just had this dream and you go out into the wilderness and you get this sense of how small you are. But, but then there's also this combination of recognizing how, how powerful you are too, because it's so simple what we do. We go out and we, we play music and, and we share it. And the fact that it's really impacted so many people's lives is pretty, is pretty overwhelming to us. Um, we also had the chance, like I mentioned earlier, to work with Backpacker Magazine and Merrill Shoes on a very special campaign called Merrill Magic. And that we actually were flown down to the Lost Coast in California for this event, and we backpacked in on the Lost Coast about eight miles to a really secluded cove called Wheeler Beach. And we hiked in. This is my very first backpacking trip with the violin and, of course, Rose's yeah. very first backpacking trip with the piano. So this was a challenge <laughs> because we had some pretty heavy packs. And we hiked in not only with ourselves, but also with a film crew and with a chef and, and gourmet food for 20 people. And our goal was just to find somebody to surprise. And we didn't even know if we would find anybody back there. And we ended up finding a group of backpackers and essentially giving them sort of the surprise of a lifetime. And and it was just a really, really special and beautiful experience to be able to to go to this new place and to to surprise, you know, to bring something good into the world just for the sake of doing something good. And and I think that that whole experience, I mean, it was just really, really special for Rose and I. And if and I, I believe that that Merrill has actually released the video at this point. And so I, I think you can see it on MerrillMagic.com. But it, it, that was just very, very special. And so I think, you know, Rose and I are just excited to continue to see where things lead, while at the same time not trying to force it, uh, just allowing things to be as they are and just enjoying the whole process and really remaining true to ourselves without trying to, to force something 
or, you know, push for things that aren't really there. We just want, we want to keep it fun and we want to make sure that we are leading with our hearts and doing, doing our wilderness concerts for the right reasons, which, uh, which is something that, that is very important to both of us. So, so yeah, it's just been, it has been a whirlwind of excitement and, and it, it doesn't seem to be slowing down. So yeah. <laughs> some, some days I have to like, I feel like I have a lot going on and people have asked me that, like, how do you keep track of everything? And it all just feels so fun and exciting to me that, that I, you know, it, it just feels like a, a labor of love and it feels like this is where I'm supposed to be. And it, it's almost hard to imagine that I ever did anything else. And, and so I'm just really enjoying it and really grateful for the opportunity to, to do these things and for all the people who have supported not only me, but the musical mountaineers along the way. It, it seems like every time that I ever have a little bit of doubt or fear or struggle a tiny bit, there's one person who just reaches out and says something special like, hey, you inspired me to, to go on a hike today or you inspired me to do this or you, you know, I, I really appreciate something that you did or I love your music or something like that. And so I think all of those little messages that I receive along the way, I sort of see them as little trailblazes that, you know, when we get off course a little bit or we feel discouraged by something that brings you back to the reason why you started to begin with. And the reason why I started was that I wanted to, I wanted to make a difference and I wanted to, to inspire people to, to really, you know, find what excites them in life and to go for it. And um, to know that I'm doing that, even if it's in a small way is, is what keeps me going every day. Yeah. I like, I like how you put that. And um, I just want to say too, that uh, I think it's important and I want to talk to some of the listeners out there right now that um, I, I don't, you know, necessarily go out there and start following people just because they're male or just because they're female or whatever. But I do make a point to uh, follow a little bit more closely with some uh, women that are doing some really good things because of my daughter's, uh, you know, and because it's a good good movement anyway, right? But, um, but you know, yeah. so those dads out there that have daughters and they either are or are not hiking with them, um, I think it's really important because somebody like you and um, some other women that I follow – um, can be such an inspiration and you can learn things like the Kula cloth. I mean, you know, I, I had heard about the bandana stuff, like I said, but you know, um, have, had I not been follow you, um, this, you know, I would have never seen this and never, th this is, this is a huge deal. And so, um, I encourage people out there to, uh, you know, follow you on social media and, and see what you're doing because you're, you're, you can be such an inspiration to everybody out there. Well, I really, really, truly appreciate that. And I, you know, it's interesting that you said that because when I first started this, I, I remember thinking um, that, you know, I, I thought about women out there who, who sort of inspire the, the adventurous young girls who are growing. 
And I think back to my youth and I try to think about who really inspired me and sort of the women that I looked up to. And I remember having a, a, you know, I was really obsessed with Amelia Earhart, right? Because she was sort of this, this hero to me, this adventurous woman who sort of didn't follow the rules and, you know, she did her own thing and she was just a really exciting person for me to learn about. But, but I've really thought about that as I try to live my life now that, Hey, what if, what if a young girl is looking up to me and thinking, wow, I'd love to do something, you know, similar to what Anastasia is doing. And, and so I really try to model my behavior based on, on that and, and think about, you know, how would Anastasia, the person who young girls are looking up to, how would she act and what would she be doing and what can I do better every single day to be more of an inspiration to young adventurous women and to encourage them to really follow the dreams that they have in their heart. I mean, I lived for most of my life thinking that all of those adventurous things inside of me were silly or ridiculous. And I believed that I, you know, the other people got lucky, but not me. And that I wasn't special or, you know, I wasn't one of the, the ones who was born under the right star that got to do the, the really cool things in life. And, and I really want to encourage young women to, to follow the, the dreams in their heart, whatever they are. I actually got a, an email, a completely random email from a college student a couple weeks ago. And I think she had seen something that I had written on my blog. And she wrote to me this beautiful letter saying how much hope that I had given her because she really wants to pursue a career that has something to do with backpacking. And she doesn't know what it, what it's going to be, but she had never, most people will tell you, well, you can't do that for a living or you can't make a living backpacking or you can't, you can't make a living doing what you love. And so and when you say those types of things, it cuts it off from ever being possible. Like, I believed that I couldn't make a living doing something adventurous for most of my life. And as a result of that belief, it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you believe it, then it becomes true. And so, um, and so I hope, you know, like, receiving this message from this young college student, from what she wrote, it was sort of giving her hope that, hey, I can pursue backpacking. I can pursue this adventure inspired life and I can create a life around the things that I love. And I might not know all the answers yet, but it's possible. And, and I, I really hope that I can, I really hope that that can come across to young women because I, while I do not, I would never take back any experience that I've ever had in my life. I do wish that I hadn't hadn't believed that I couldn't pursue those things. You know, for most of my life, I thought that that was silly or foolish. And, um, and now of course I, I don't believe that at all. Now I, now that's what I do for a living. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, I'm glad you do. And I, I appreciate it. And, and I, I enjoy it at the same time. Thanks Rudy. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I sure appreciate you coming on and I encourage folks to go over to, uh, 
coolacloth.com and check it out because uh, yeah, I think this is going to be like you said. I mean, you haven't uh, you haven't heard one thing one bad thing yet, and I, I can't imagine you will because this is just a brilliant idea. Thank you. You know, it's funny. I was just an outdoor retailer this past weekend and outdoor retailer for anybody who doesn't know is basically the biggest outdoor conference in probably the world. But I mean, almost all the major brands were there, North Face, Mountain Hardware, Patagonia, all these huge brands and everybody's there showing the latest and greatest in their gear designs. And it was pretty cool because I obviously brought a couple of my Kula cloths just to have on hand with me while I was there and to show people who were curious about them. And I had a, an editor of one of the gear magazines that I ended up talking with tell me that out of all the products she had seen at the entire conference, that the Kula cloth was actually her favorite product of the entire wow. show. <laughs> and that to me, I mean, I mean, you know, I would stand like their North Face is there, right? So, <laughs> so the the cool and the exciting thing about this is that it's never been done before, and and I have to be honest with you that I was completely terrified about this. I was really afraid of of failing or looking stupid or people thinking, oh my gosh, Anastasia, you are crazy. You invented reusable toilet paper. Uh, who does that? But there was just this, the, the dream and the mission was, is so much bigger than any fear that, that popped into my mind. And going to the conference this weekend really solidified for me what I have known all along is that this is a big idea and it has real potential to change the world. And I jokingly told one of my friends that next year North Face is going to have to move their booth over a little bit just to, to make room for me. So (laughs) (laughs) don't tell North Face I said that though. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's good. But no, I mean, and all, all joking aside, it was a really, really great event and um, just an honor to be there, honor to actually be able to, talk about my product and I got to show it to people in the textile industry. And that was just so reaffirming to get reassurance that I had done everything right. Uh, Coming from a person, like I said before, who had no experience in the textile industry, there was a lot of fear that I had, you know, picked the wrong fabric or done something, you know, I I couldn't even think of, you know, maybe I screwed something up and, uh, and as it turns out, I didn't. So, so that was good news for me and very exciting and, and reassuring to hear. Right on. Well, this has been an awesome chat. I sure appreciate you coming on again to the Cascade Hiker podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Rudy. It is always such an honor and a pleasure to talk to you. And I'm just excited to, to hear how your backpacking trip with your daughters goes. All right, that's the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to join the Patreon page. Find me at patreon.com slash cascadehikerpodcast. Also, hit me up uh, with an email, rudy at cascadehikerpodcast.com. Find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is Cascade Hiker Podcast. Twitter, find me at in underscore Cascade Hiking. And I'm Cascade Hiker Podcast on Instagram. Thanks, Whiskey Fever, for letting me use this track here, Tall Grass, off their album, Gonna Wake Up This Whole Town. Go find them at ReverbNation.com slash Whiskey Fever. Hey, see you next week. You were sweet like honey on a heartbeat. You were fine like wine and sunshine. I could feel you coming on strong. Could never be wrong. Could never be wrong. Could never be wrong.
See her laying down in the tall grass Playing mandolin in a white dress So come running when I hear that song It could never be wrong, it could never be wrong Where you wanna run, baby, I'll run too I would leave this world for